improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Under the Influence podcast. I'm your host Martin Harvey, I'm a chiropractor and I'm also an expert in the influence literature. So in last week's episode we were talking a lot about the fallacy of the fast, this sort of infatuation that we have as a culture and within chiropractic specifically Uh, sort of spending time and energy on ideas that are kind of shortcuts and I'm really very much of the view that that's leading us off the correct path and the truth of it is there are no shortcuts we've got to do the work if we want to get the results so this week I'm going to be exploring a whole lot of ideas to do with value why is it that people decide to do something why is it that they choose not to do something and in connection with that I'm going to be talking about some ideas that many of you who have been following my information for a while, if you've done seminars with me or you've watched the Whiteboard Wednesday videos, you'll be familiar with the idea of unpacking questions and sort of getting an insight into uh, why somebody might be motivated to start care based on um, really getting deep into what a problem is stopping them from doing. But I'm also going to be adding in some brand new information that I haven't spoken about anywhere else. And it uh, it's from the work by a psychologist called Barbara Otengen. She's written a really cool book called Rethinking Positive Thinking. And core to the idea of it is that just positive thinking, just imagining the benefit of something and in this chiropractic context, where we're looking at um, how much value, how much better somebody's life is going to be once they get a problem sorted out, once they go through a program of chiropractic care, that that can actually be counterproductive unless we add some extra steps after that. And so we're going to be talking about her sort of uh, structure that we can then apply within chiropractic. It's called WOOP, W-O-O-P, uh, which stands for WISH, Outcome, Obstacle and Plan. So we're going to loop back to that in a minute, but first just a little bit of housekeeping. First of all, uh, I'd encourage you to subscribe or follow the podcast because I'm going to be, uh, I've got a lot of really cool stuff planned for the next few episodes and you don't want to miss it. Secondly, the podcast, you can leave me a voice message, leave me a question, a comment, whatever else. And if you leave it as a voice message, then it gives us the option of including it in the uh, episode and you can hear your own voice on the podcast. I'm also, now that the COVID restrictions are starting to ease a bit, I'm out on the road and I'm doing a series of one day seminars with the Chiropractors Association of Australia, sorry, the Australian Chiropractors Association. So this is Save the Date. Registration is open now. 31st of July, I'm going to be in Launceston in Tasmania. 14th of August, I'm in Adelaide. Melbourne's the 4th of September. Brisbane, the 12th of September. Sydney, 25th of September. And Perth, the 14th of November. Hope to see you guys there. So... Um, One of the ideas that we spoke about um, in last week's podcast was this idea from the influence literature that people do what they do because they believe what they believe, that 
people choose to come in for care based on their beliefs and they choose to stop care based on their beliefs and we were talking about different levels of health belief that there's a symptomatic level of health belief where people really believe that how their body they can tell how their body work, is working based on how it feels and that you'd go to a healthcare provider when you had pain and then stop when you don't have pain and then a level above that is what we'd think of as a prevention level of health awareness where there's an, a, a, an awareness that you can have a problem and not necessarily have symptoms with it. And so there's value in seeing a healthcare provider to deal with that underlying problem and sort of prevent the problem from coming on. And then we were talking about the highest level and the level that sort of aligns with where a lot of us want to, I guess, guide people or lead people towards is that idea of performance which is kind of the recognition that having a body that works better not only helps to prevent problems but it actually helps you do the things that you have to do the things that you love to do the things that you see as your identity to do it allows you to do all those things better and so we want to develop sort of skills and strategies that help us guide people along that journey because if we want to have people do what they do because they believe what they believe align with our vision for them i.e having proactive care on an ongoing basis then we need to create a an experience for them that allows them to change their beliefs to align with that they're going to do that behavior once they have that belief okay so there's an idea in chiropractic that is really popular that all we need to do is tell the story that if we told people about this idea of innate intelligence and that they had the potential to have their body work better that that's all we have to do if people knew what we knew they would do what we do i actually think that's complete bullshit that the this change in behavior typically is going to happen very gradually over time as people have an experience of their body working better and so part of what we need to do is accept that most people are going to take that journey very very gradually that every now and then there'll be somebody who has a pain level of health awareness and if we tell the story all of a sudden that's all going to piece together their experience and they'll all of a sudden pop to a prevention or performance level but that's not going to be the case for most people so we need to get good at meeting people where they're at in terms of they are coming to see you or interested in coming in to see you because they have pain now a lot of them are going to only be there for a very short period of time unless we get really really skilled at bridging to that prevention mindset and part of that is we need to get really really good at having people really see what the true size of a problem is so what am i talking about there so um there's very well accepted understanding in psychology that people are much more motivated to do something and in our context we're talking about people choosing to have chiropractic care it to solve a problem than they are to be kind of abstractly better in some way so daniel kahneman who's a nobel prize winning behavioral economist so he's really one of the leaders in this area has done research that shows that on average people are 400 percent more motivated by solving a problem by avoiding a loss than they are by 
getting a gain of the equivalent size. So in a chiropractic context, when people are coming to see us for chiropractic care, it, we need to solve that problem first because that's going to they're going to be much more motivated to do that rather than us trying to get them motivated by a vision of how good their life can be when they get to wellness care so i'll unpack how you do that because it's often counterintuitive to a lot of chiropractors and it can feel like you know it's almost a bait and switch if we're just emphasizing the problem but there's a way that you can do it that's both ethical transparent and um, also i guess harnesses the power of solving the problem um, so there's another sort of concept from the psychology literature that's really important for us to understand here and that is that people generally um, there's a continuum of how people deal with unpleasant situations and so on one end of that continuum, you'd have people that they describe as copers. These are the Stoics. These are the people who tend to, when something's unpleasant, let's say, you know, somebody's having back pain, for, ex for example, they're the people who will minimize the impact of it as a coping strategy. They'll be the people who, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, it's stopping me from playing golf, but life's not really about games. You know, there's more important things. Or when it gets a bit more significant and they can't, uh, you know, let's say play, they'll, they'll make an explanation, uh, tell themselves a story of, oh, well, I'm getting older and part of getting older is you have these problems. Or they'll, if they can't play with their kids, then they'll say, oh, you know, they they don't need me, you know, they're getting older now, they can play by themselves. Um, so by the time they come in to see you, They've got this sort of distorted story that says that a problem isn't as big an issue as it really is. Now, there's another end of that continuum where people are catastrophizers, and people who are catastrophizers will typically um, cope by almost exaggerating the impact. So they're the people who are really over the top with, oh my God, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And the truth is that both people people are at either end of it they're distorting the information they're distorting the experience the challenge is that if we're wanting to if when we do our clinical testing with particularly people who are copers we'll often see wow there's more going on here than this pe person is really perceiving as the size of the problem and so if their perception of the size of the problem is it's not such a big deal then it's very easy for the solution, what they need to do to get their spine sorted out, being out of sync with the size of the problem as they perceive it. And what happens if they perceive the problem as not being worthy of the solution? Well, that's when they're not going to see value in having care. They're going to say, look, yeah, no, this, I don't see why I need that much care because it's not that big a deal. So, the way that we we get around that is we use what are called unpacking questions. Now, I'm not going to go into them in a lot of detail. They're really about asking people questions that help them see the true size of the problem. And a lot of it is around having them look at things from a different perspective. What's the problem like when it's at its worst rather than focusing on it just when it's at its best? 
what's the problem stopping you doing or making it harder for you to do and then kind of unpacking that so that they get a perspective of how oh, actually it is more of an issue than I was perceiving. Um, so I'm not going to go into that for in that much detail. I've done a bunch of Whiteboard Wednesdays on that previously and we will come back to that in future under the influence episodes. Um, if it is something and it's a skill that I do really think is at the core of uh, really being able to help more people and help people more, I direct you to the retention recipe program or for those of you who are in Australia, the one day workshops that I'm doing on um, communication to improve patient care, we'll be spending a lot of time on unpacking questions. But what I really want to focus on today um, is Barbara Otingen's sort of nu nuance on top of that because in her context what she she's done a whole lot of research in behavior change and in particular her research shows that if you apply her approach you can get pretty much double the improvement in behavior change compared to traditional approaches that just look at having people make a wish and then map out a, um, a, a engaging picture of the future. So her approach is um, really interesting because what we'd essentially do in a chiropractic context after getting people to, let, I'll give you a case example. Like let's say we were talking to somebody who had back pain and it was stopping them from being able to play golf the unpacking questions would be really looking at well what's the impact of the back pain it's stopping you playing golf and how does that feel well it feels you know i'm putting on weight because i'm not exercising as much and i feel you know depressed i feel down you know getting and then look let's imagine what it would how would it feel to be back playing golf and you get people to you know sort of lean into that well, that'd be awesome it, it makes me feel more you know i've got that social connection and i'm feeling active and healthy and energized and we look at it and think if we can get people to picture that with real clarity that that's going to be motivating what um barbara odingen's uh, it's not barbara it's gabrielle sorry odingen's research shows that is that that can actually be counterproductive that often when people imagine the outcome it actually reduces the chance of them taking action so they they imagine this future but then they don't take the actions that they need and her reasoning for why is that when we imagine that we often get a lot of those psychological rewards as if we've achieved it just from imagining it so the power that idea of you know our brain can't tell the difference between a real event and something that we visualized um, is very true that you can get that reward of having achieved something without ever having done the work so really interesting research so what she, her approach is yes look at people talk establish something that is a wish i want to get my back pain under control so that i can play golf again yes develop a richer more emotionally resonant picture of that what would that do for you well i'd feel more myself i'd feel like in my social life and i would be able to exercise and i'd have greater energy and then you've got to add the o and the p which is the obstacles and the plan so the extra step that um, 
Gabrielle Odingen adds is we've got to add, well, what are the things that might stop you from achieving your goal, your outcome? What are the things that might, you could imagine based on previous experience of trying to do something might get in the way? And so the approach that I've been using, so I, I read um, Gabrielle's book last year, and it really is sort of more an approach that's appropriate if you were a psychologist or a health coach or something like that. But we can apply the approach in chiropractic because what gets people off track in that initial stage of care, I think falls into really two categories. The first one is they get busy and they miss an appointment and then it's easy to miss more appointments. You just sort of lose momentum and um, it, you, you sort of get partway through a program of care and then the focus on it dissipates. The second thing that typically derails people's care is that they have this picture of, yes, I wanna deal with this problem and I wanna deal with the underlying imbalance to minimize the chance of it coming back. But, and that seems like a very compelling strategy and approach and plan when you're picturing it at the at the time that you have the problem but then you feel better along the way and all of a sudden solving the problem isn't as big a priority other priorities push it out of the way so if we know what the obstacles are going to to be we can help people recognize that in advance and harness the power of this approach this whoop approach by first of all recognizing those obstacles and having people recognize those obstacles and then the last step the p in the whoop approach is make a plan for what we're going to do if that problem occurs or if that um, if that obstacle occurs i should say so how do we apply this within a chiropractic context First thing is, um, in our first visit, we're going to um, do the, the W and the O. We're going to the, of whoop. W, we're going to do the wish. Um, what is this stopping you from? What do you want to get out of care? I want to get my back pain sorted out. We're going to then turn that into an outcome through our unpacking questions, so that we can really get what would be the big benefit of solving this problem of getting this sorted out. And then what we're going to do in the report of findings, the day two, is we're going to add in, uh, well, first of all, we'll explain, well, this is what we'll, we'll explain, um, start off by saying, I'm going to map out a plan for you to get you back on track, get you back to playing golf. Then we're going to um, map out what the program of care is. And then after that, we're going to say, I imagine, you know, that all sounds fabulous. I do want to point out two things that, in my experience, typically derail people and stop them getting the results that we've spoken about. Would it be okay if we just mapped out them and worked out what we'd need to do if either of them happened to you? Then I'd, then I'd say, look, the two things that typically stop people getting the long-term results are, number one, they get busy and they miss an appointment. And missing one appointment, it's then easy to fall off the wagon it's a bit like you know you can be exercising regularly and then you have a busy week at work you stop going to the gym and all of a sudden it's six weeks later and you haven't exercised in six weeks same thing here the second thing is that people um, start to feel better which is absolutely what we want but if we stop before we've dealt with the underlying problem then it's likely that we're going to end up back at square one can you see that 
Okay, so if we can see those obstacles, what I'm going to suggest is we make a plan for if that happens. And the plan that I would suggest, and what Otengen calls this is an if-then plan. And if people recognize, if they in advance make an if-then plan, then it's very, this is the power that gets them back on track. And so the if-then plan is, if you do get busy and you miss an appointment, the key to getting back on track is that you make it up within a week, that you get back on track with your recommended frequency. Let's say you, it's recommended that you come in three times a week and you've missed an appointment in one week. Then the next week, I'm going to suggest you actually make that up, that you, you add in an extra visit in that next week to get the momentum back. Make sense? Workable for you? Yep, because we're going to use that power of consistency and get them to agree. The, net, the other part of the plan then is if you do start to feel better and you can sort of feel, you feel that thing of, oh, well, maybe I need to be spending the time, money, energy that I'm investing in this on something else, then the key then is to remind yourself that the, you only get one body that it, you, it's important that we deal with this underlying problem so that we can get you back to playing golf and maintain that, keep that, so that you can get all the benefits that we've spoken about. So does that make sense? Is that something that you're, you're happy to take on? So there we have it. What we've gone through there is a journey of um, really important ideas about behavior change that you can use in your practice it's going to require you doing things a little bit differently. But it, if we go back to that idea of the fallacy of the fast, if we want to have these long-term impacts, we've got to be willing to invest the time, the energy, the, the resources in changing to approaches that are shown by the research to, uh, to get the best results. So thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Under the Influence podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe in your podcast player of choice and go to insideoutpractices.com and you can uh, join up to uh, my newsletter so you'll be the first to know of new uh, podcast episodes and other programs. Next week, I've got a super exciting new episode planned for you. I'm going to be joined by an awesome chiropractor. We're going to, over a series of weeks, go through what we think are the most important elements you need to have to have what I think of as the kind of organically sustainable practice. So make sure you subscribe and I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Under the Influence podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you can catch all future episodes of the Under the Influence podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, then you will love the online program, The Retention Recipe. It's all about communication strategies that you can employ in somebody's first 12 visits that help transition them from a pain level of health belief to a prevention level of health belief and open up the opportunities for them to see chiropractic as part of a performance or wellness lifestyle. Check it out at insideoutpractices.com.